Holy guacamole. How would you like to make $18,000 for just one week of work? That's what our podcast guest Adam Smith did by buying and flipping a website business. Now, Adam is the co-founder of Niche Website Builders and has been buying and flipping websites for many years. Hi guys, my name's Jared Krause, host of the Buying Online Businesses podcast. And in this episode, Adam and I talk about what to do as a first-time website investor so you're not fumbling around, how to handle your first website purchase and what mistakes you could make and how to avoid them. We also talk about how to submit a lower offer than the market is offering and still win the deal and pay less for a website business than what others would pay. And it's called being an attractive buyer and we talk about how to be one of those. We also talk about how to grow a content site with a few weeks of work and flip it for an $18,000 profit. Then we go into talk about long-term investing versus short-term investing and how to become a better investor and set yourself up for the chance to win in this type of investment class of buying website businesses. Guys, this is such an incredible episode. You're going to love it. If you're looking at buying a website business and wanting to flip it and then make a profit, Make sure you listen to this episode again and again and again, and maybe even again, because this is so many little golden nuggets within this podcast episode. Like I said, you're going to love it. Today's episode is brought to us by Niche Website Builders, which is a company a few of my clients are using and have used for content creation and link building services. They do everything from start to finish. So from keyword research all the way to uploading your completed article for you. We've also had Bob members buy ready-made affiliate sites built by niche website builders. So if you're looking to outrank your competitors' content and build better backlinks, Niche Website Builders and I have a special deal for you. Head to nichewebsite.builders forward slash Bob. I'll put a link in the show notes for you. But again, that's www.nichewebsite.builders forward slash Bob. Bob. Do you want to start investing in websites, but don't want to drop $20,000 or more on your first investment? Check out Odis, where you can buy premium age domains to build a website on and add Odis done for you affiliate site package to help you grow your website and get seen. Instead of buying a crummy website that's been built to sell with no authority, buy a premium domain with built-in authority, great SEO, and fresh quality content for your website. Head to odys.link forward slash Bob podcast to check out their great deals. That's odys.link forward slash B-O-B podcast. Link will be in the description too. Hey, Adam, thanks for coming on the Buying Online Business podcast. We get to chat again. This is going to be fun. Yes, I'm looking forward to it. Thanks for having me on, Jared. So good to have you on. It was good to chat with you on your podcast. If people haven't listened to that, go over to Niche Website Builders on their site, nichewebsite.builders. Check out that podcast that I did with Adam. It was fun to chat. Now, we're going to chat about something awesome that you've just done recently. You went and bought a website and I, I want to break down the experience you had because Everybody listening on this podcast wants to buy a website business and they want to learn from people that have done so. And all the little nuances that happened and and your experience and then what you did once you purchased it, because that can be something that can be, people can have a lot of fear around like, okay, I can buy a website, I can learn from Jared how to do it. What do I do when I buy it? And even though I've got courses and all that sort of stuff around around how to grow your business once you purchase, purchase it, it's great to hear from somebody that's bought a content site and 
has implemented some things that have worked now so people can do that as well and know and have confidence in those things. So first of all, congratulations on buying a website. How was it? Good. So I feel like maybe I'm a bit of a seasoned buyer and seller now. So I've, I've bought and sold yeah. like quite a few sites over the the last couple of years. So my experience is probably different to maybe some of your audience experience who are buying for the first time. But yeah, the experience yeah. overall was pretty good. It's pretty positive. Cool. Okay. Well, that's great that your experience even better because that means we can, I want to dig into now some questions around what you've learned through your journey from buying your first website to now that you've bought multiple sites. So when you first started, what did you fumble around with and what did you, did you make any mistakes and what have you learned from then until now, I guess? In all honesty, my first purchase, I was on the Empire Flippers podcast not long ago speaking about it because I bought it from those guys. And I fell in lucky, I think, with my first... I hear horror stories of people buying uh, their first websites uh, and things go wrong. But I bought my first website from there. It was around $13,000, I think, back when Empire Flippers actually sold websites for that kind of money. Like, they, they don't sell them anymore. It was in a niche I literally knew nothing about. So it's in the, the barbecue and smoking niche. And we don't have... We have barbecues, but we don't have smokers in the UK. And I remember spending a, a ton of time on due diligence. Like I was probably doing the owner's head in because I was asking so many questions. But it was my first time, you know, doing something like that. And that was a lot of money mm. for me. And everything that the site owner said about the site was true. There was no hidden nastiness or there was no surprises or anything. And then I was actually able to, to grow that site over the course of seven months prior or after buy-in and then actually sold it. So I was... My whole experience of start to finish with my first website was relatively short. It was like a seven-month period, and I bought a good website, worked hard on it, and sold it. And that was my kind of introduction to the world of, of buying and selling. And I was hooked ever since. Yeah, sounds like it. It's I'm the same. <laughs> How can you not be when the returns are so good? Um, obviously, there's risk involved. With it as well. Oh, sorry. Just to say, on that one site, I made um, in that seven-month period, I made more than my yearly salary that I was working for at the in the agency at the time uh, and you're right I, I was like wow I've got to do more of this how do I like how do I do more <laughs> and I asked them could I drop down to three days a week and do two days building websites and they mm -hmm. said no and so I quit <laughs> I quit my job <laughs> fresh with the the sale money of uh, this website in my pocket and bought yeah. another one and worked on that full time and yeah that was the start of the journey Ah, uh, that's great. That's so funny. I've got a funny story like that as well, actually, where I had started buying website businesses and I was still a plumber and I worked my way out of being a plumber. So I bought one, two, and then three, and then I was traveling around and I saw Empire Flippers post for a job, which they do all the time because they're expanding. This is many years ago and I applied for the job. I remember being in some dingy like hostel in Nicaragua and I said my told my friends like get out of the room because I need to I need the room for an hour so I can have an interview with with Empire Flippers and the interview went pretty well but Empire Flippers are like if you are to come on the team you're you're not going to be able to buy any more online businesses I'm like oh that's that's a big stretch let's just keep going through the process to see how we can you know see if I get through anyway I didn't get, I ended up getting hired. It was probably a good thing in hindsight because I wouldn't have been able to buy businesses and I probably would have put that first anyway. I think that's my primary and then working a, a job is like a, a backup. And I would still, if I needed to go work a job, you know, if everything went completely, you know, to ground zero, 
which I find it hard to believe it could, then, you know, I'm, I'm not opposed to working, but I would still have to be investing in websites on the side. It'd be crazy not to, I think. Yeah. What do you reckon? Would you still be doing it even if you had to go back to the agency? Yeah, hundred percent. It's I feel like it's addictive. Like once you've once you've had a taste of like what that side, even even side income can be. You know, even if it's just a couple of hundred dollars a month. Like once you've had a taste of what that's like, and when it gets to the point where it's, I mean, it's never truly passive, but it's semi passive, and you get that yeah. check every month. It's hard to it's hard to go back. So yeah, I would yeah, definitely still be doing it on the side if I had to go back to work. It's really is a game changer when you have a job and you get a secondary income and you don't have to be working like full-time hours for that secondary income. It's like, oh my, your whole reality changes and shifts. And when you buy your first online business, guys listening, you'll you'll see that like, okay, wow, like why don't I get into this sooner? Not to say that you should rush this because you've got to make sure you buy a good website business. And I heard you mention, Adam, that's on your first website business purchase, you probably frustrate the seller because you're asking a bazillion questions like we all do when we're first timers. Um, what I teach people to do is I teach people how to get really good at extracting information to become a, what I call a, an attractive buyer because when you become an attractive buyer, you get leverage within the deal. And this is unseen leverage that most buyers and sellers may not see or be visible to the naked eye, but it's definitely there where you can buy sites, put offers in that are lesser than other buyers and still win the deal. And how I do this is I teach people through all my stuff. And But if people want, you know, before yeah. you go away and think about buying your first site and asking a bazillion questions, make sure you just learn how to extract the information first, right? Like that's why I give away my due diligence framework for free that people can get if they want, you know, there's, there'll be links and stuff. But talk to me about your process of getting better and becoming a better buyer and, and becoming more of an attractive buyer. What did you learn th through your process of buying your first site to now that mm -hmm. helped you to become more confident? Yeah, so I know I think a lot of it is to do with practice. Due diligence gets easier with practice. I've also got the, the added benefit of, of running our agency now where we get to see lots of client websites too. So very quickly, I'm able to... Compared to back then, I'm very quickly able to kind of just do a quick sniff test to see if a site is is worth checking out further. To become an attractive buyer, though, I try to put myself in the shoes of the seller. And usually what motivates sellers, it usually comes down to a couple, it can come down to a couple of things. But realistically, it's usually down to price, like how much do they want to extract? And then it can be other secondary things such as speed or making their life easier. So when yeah. I uh, buy a website these days, I make sure that I can close very quickly. My due diligence process is, is a lot shorter. Like realistically, I could spend 24 hours looking at a site these days rather than three or four weeks when I first started. <laughs> I make up my mind whether you know it's what I like and, and what I want. I can close very quickly. So there's no holding around. Like if they were to go to a broker, they might wait for a week or two for it to get listed and then they've got the whole back and forth. I've kind of got my reputation as well in that I'm known as, as an efficient buyer. So I don't mm. mess people around. I'm not a tire kicker. There's nothing mm. worse. I've been I've sold sites my, myself in like the Facebook groups and put it up for sale and then you have 10 people messaging all asking for analytics access and search console mm. access and you give them all and then you hear nothing from them. Like just ghost you. Yeah. 
it's so terrible to do that because yeah. what you do is you just burn a bridge and you know the next time somebody says can i get google analytics access and you've seen that email before you'd be like this person i'm not going to trust to buy my site right and yeah i think reputation you got to build that up and it's the relationships that you build uh, end up being far more valuable than any one site that you do buy. And I honestly believe that. Well, the the site that we're going to talk about today was actually sold to one of my contacts and the deal mm-hmm. literally went through within, you know, within a day or so. And, you know, I shouldn't say this on here, but we didn't use escrow because we'd done deals in the past. I know it's yeah. probably a big no-no for, for you, but yeah, it's all to do with, with relationships. And then the other thing which I make it clear to, to sellers is that I'm a seasoned kind of buyer, so there'll be no technical issues. Like I'll handle mm-hmm. all the migration. Like if there's any issues, I'll sort it out. They don't have to worry about anything from a technical perspective. It's just pressing little buttons like that, which, you know, maybe someone's a bit nervous about how they do the transfer or, you know, they don't know how to do the migration or, or anything like that. And you just take those pain points away and you become an attractive buyer. Cool. That's great. So what else did you add to those pieces of content? Uh, so I add more images. Again, this is just to create more spaces on the more page so more ad yeah. spaces can be shown. And these were just stock images. I just grabbed them from Shutterstock. They weren't mm-hmm. custom images or anything like that, just simple stock stock images. I added some call to actions to the info posts. This was to, like my weak effort of trying to increase affiliate revenue. Literally just added some <laughs> Call to action, some tables in there from AWP. Used AWP mm-hmm. to pull in some tables. Um, yeah, didn't really have a massive impact because it wasn't aligned with the intent of the search anyway. Added a table of contents for jump links. So Perfect. this one's becoming more and more important. I think used a Lucky WP table of contents. It's good for user experience and it's also good for um, Google is now actually creating jump links in the search results for links that are in your table of contents. One tip that I will give you, though, is to always make sure that the table of contents is closed by default rather than open. I've mm-hmm. tested both closed and open. It doesn't have a, an impact from Google. But Mediavine actually mentioned keep it closed because you don't want someone to come onto the page and then click a, a table of contents three quarters of the way down and just skip past a ton of adverts. Yeah, you decrease the time on page hugely. Yeah, that's it. Cool. Let's continue on with the list, I guess. I implemented some breadcrumbs. There's definitely more. <laughs> uh, implemented breadcrumb navigation. So this website was set up in a with a hard silo kind of uh, structure where the categories were built into the URL. Typically, when we're making websites from scratch ourselves, we don't use that that structure. It's a it's a flat structure where it's not hard siloed. But because of this was hard siloed and I felt it was important to add breadcrumb navigation to the to the site. And most themes have this built in. You literally have to go in and check the box and it'll add it to the, the top of the post. So I added, added that. And then the next things, the, the other things that I did here were more, so that was all the on-page optimizations that I did. And then the, the next parts are, are more technical. So I added a lot more internal links across those top 30 posts. I used uh, Link Whisper to do this which is Spencer's tool. Great. And so roughly how many links are you having per page here, roughly? 
I don't know the exact number of links, but uh, typically, like as a rule of thumb, especially when I'm using Link Whisper, because I know it can be quite, it can give you lots of exact match anchor text all the time to a single post, and you end up with one post with like 30 exact match anchor text. So I try and keep that as a rule of thumb of around between three to five exact match if possible. It's hard actually to keep a track with when you use Link Whisperer of your anchor text. I remember back when I used to do it manually with a spreadsheet, it was a lot easier to keep a track of how many times you've used it, but it would also literally take days and days to to put it through on a spreadsheet and actually map it out manually. So it's good and bad points. What are the other things that you did with sort of off page? So the next stuff that I did, I'm not a hundred percent sure on how much of an impact it has, but I'll go through it anyway. So I added a physical address and, and telephone number to the about us page. Now, I'm not, I don't obviously don't live in the States and I don't have an address there. So the way I tackle that is to take an address from a FedEx store that I know rents out PO boxes. And then I literally take the same number and change the last digit. So I added the address there. I also marked that up with organizational schema and added it to the About Us page, just so you can hand it to Google on a platter that this is the organization <laughs> and it's marked up as structured data. And then I went out and bought 30 citation links with that new address and telephone number to the website. Okay. So you're kind of forcing Google to see that you've built some EAT there. Yeah. And the only the only problem with citation links is that they, they, they're a nightmare to get indexed. Like if you think of, think of like Yelp or, or Yellow Pages, like how many mm. people are adding links to those each day, every day. So what I did, and, and again, I, I don't know how much of an impact this had, but I actually marked up all of the citation links in the organizational schema, typically where you would add your social media profile links to the schema. I just added the citations instead. So I was trying to get them indexed as quickly as I could. Yeah, that's great. You've done some on-page, you've done some off-page, and that's made a change to your sale price. Like you've had the had the business for five and a half weeks. How much did you buy the business for? And then how much did you sell it for? So I bought the business for $37,000. At the time, that was a 32x multiple of the revenue. And then I sold it for 55000 which was a essentially a 37x of the revenue post having done this work. So revenue had increased around $300 per month having done this work, or that's mm-hmm. what it would have increased by. It was on, on track to go up to. Uh, and then I sold it for a higher multiple based on that. Amazing. So the difference between 37,000 and 55,000 is about 18,000? Yes, that's right. Amazing. So you made 18,000 in about six weeks. <laughs> now, for those who are listening, that's, that's incredible. I want you to realize that Adam is a, a gun in this area and he did this within, you know, a, basically a week of work. Now, after many years online, you guys can do this and you can do this over a longer time frame as well and still get those results. I mean, $18,000 over a six month period for somebody that's new, amazing, right? So congrats on that. Were you pretty excited when you made the sale, especially since you didn't have to go away and put it up for sale? Yeah. So in, in all honesty, we were just in the process of buying a new house. So it, it was a nice cash boost for that period. But in all honesty, I kind of wish I'd kept it for longer. <laughs> you yeah. always look back at the ones you sell and think, oh, I wish I'd kept it for longer. Like, I don't have access to analytics anymore, but I see in AHREFs and SEMrush that the traffic has just continued to increase based on the work that I've done. 
And I think that I probably sold it a little too soon. You left some on the table though, and it's somebody that you you know and, and like, so that's a good thing. But I agree, I like to keep my businesses for the longer term because all the work that you put in, you know, you, you can reap the rewards for a long period of time, as you can see, you know, the business is still growing. Um, and I guess you probably have the insider's access to how much work the new owner is doing to the site. Yeah, nothing, <laughs> which makes oh, it really frustrating, I think. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, that's, that's good. And there's more of these out there. So congrats on that. What would you say to somebody? Like what advice would you give to somebody who is thinking of buying something to flip? So I think there's, there's a lot more risk in buying websites to flip. I say risk is in that typically what I've, my own experience of buying websites to flip is that you tend to, or you can lower your standards a little bit and think, well, I'm only going to hold this for three months. So mm. I'll just be a quick in and out. So maybe you tend to overlook some of the downsides. Don't do that. <laughs> that would be my one piece of advice is to approach so what- this as if you were going to keep it for, for the long term. Oh, great that you said that because that was going to be my next question. You mean like opt, like when you buy it, don't think, all right, I'm going to keep it for three months. So I'll just do a few little tweaks that can be quick wins and try push it on. And it's not a very good evergreen growth strategy. Is that what you mean? Yeah, that. And, and also when you're doing your due diligence process, like I, I've been, I've had to catch myself a couple of times where I think, I don't think this site is a great long-term website, but it's good yes. for maybe the next six to 12 months. Mm-hmm. But as soon as you buy that and you pay your money, the, the risk transfers to you. If something happens to that site tomorrow, like why put yourself in the position of buying a website that you wouldn't hold for two years or three years or five years just because you plan on selling it in, in six months' time or whatever? Oh, I love that you said that, and I totally agree. The risk does transfer to you. And also, if you look at it from a s- selling point as the owner and wanting to sell the business, a business is far more attractive to a seller that has a great history and is going to continue to have a great history with how the current state of the business is when they're looking at purchasing it because that's you as a buyer going, well, I could hold this for a long time and still have minimal risk compared to holding something for a short period of time with high risk. Why don't you go for the better option of buying something that's got a long-term possibility of minimal risk and optimizing it to flip anyway and sell it? The other piece of advice I would give is just to have a plan ready for, for when you buy a site. We obviously work with lots of clients who buy websites and like one of the common things is they've bought a website and then they're not 100% sure on how they want to grow it. And they come to us and ask us, you know, what, what would you do? What content would you add? Or how are you going to help me grow the site? It's a lot easier if you already have that plan in mind prior to buying the site, I think. They're just not scrambling around, basically, trying to look for a strategy. Yeah, exactly. And I think to one-up that one, and, and we're talking to first-timers, but for people that have are a first-timer, I would say research or try to learn how to be really good at a strategy that is going to grow a content business before you go away and buy it because then you can start to build more confidence in yourself that what you execute on the site is going to produce a result as soon as you purchase it. For example, if you do buy a content site and you want to get better ad revenue is take a leaf out of Adam's book and focus in on working out how you can optimize 
those articles that can produce a better on-page experience and also produce better ad revenue by some of the things that have been changed. Or if you want to optimize it for affiliate revenue, look into affiliate CRO, conversion rate optimization, and get really good at that. Build your confidence in knowing that you can get a better result before you go away and purchase that type of affiliate business to flip, I guess. Yeah, agreed. So Adam, is there any last little pieces of tidbits or advice you would say to somebody that's looking at either buying a site or growing a a niche site, content site? Get started. Like there's no better time than today. (laughs) We speak to people all the time and they think they've missed the boat almost. You know, multiples are increasing year on year and they think, oh, it's too late to get in. Like, no, I think this space is, is very much still in its infancy. There's a lot of big money coming in from private equity firms and, you know, bigger companies that are trying to build a publishing brand that are coming into the space. Uh, And I just think multiples are going to keep going up. So if you're on the fence about should I get in now or should I wait, then then there's no time like the present. The other thing is just to be consistent. We see all the time people come to us and they say, well, I've been working on a site for six months and it's, it's not going anywhere. And then, you know, if they just carried on working on it for another six or 12 months, I know it sounds like a long time, but in the grand scheme of things, like a year in a day job just is nothing. But a year building a website seems like forever to some people, but it's not. And if they just kept on going and they were consistent with pushing content and building links, like it's not growing a site, it's not complicated. It's it's two main ingredients, it's content and links. And if you're consistently doing the both, you can't not succeed over time. I'm so glad that you said that because people listen to this normally and a lot of people come to the space from position of like, I want to get rich quick and I want to make this happen overnight. And they've gone away and listened to your experience of I bought something for, you know, 37 grand, sold for 55 and in, within six weeks I made $18,000 and people go, I need that. My first, I need that on my first website business. And they go away and put so much pressure and stress on themselves to do that. And you got to realize, guys, that this isn't Adam's first business. He's bought multiple businesses and he's got a primary business that does upgrade, creates content for content sites. So this is your bread and butter, Adam, and you're really, really good at this. And people listening is that you can do this as well, but realize that it's going to take some time. And I'm, I'm so glad that you said that think long-term because macro thinking, and this is probably like one of the most important like millionaire mindsets or billionaire mindsets that wealthy people have is, is, is long-term thinking over like quick short-term wins. I'm happy to give up a bunch of money in the short term to know that I'll make that in the long term with far less stress and enjoy my life, enjoy the process of it. I think people listen to these types of things, Adam, and set the bar super high that they need to achieve that straight away. And when they don't on their first website business, they go, this isn't for me. And they leave the whole industry or they leave that, you know, or the same with, you know, crypto and the same with Forex is we go, I need this result. And we hear all these people on these podcasts and, you know, on these different mediums that they've achieved these results. And if I don't achieve that result within a short period of time, I'm obviously no good at it. So they go from one, you know, income earning source to another one, to another one, to another one. And there's a billion, bazillion different ways that you can get wealthy. But I think if you just stick it for the long game, that's where the real rewards come in, right? Yeah, agreed. 100% agree with everything you've just said. (laughs) Sounds like we're definitely on the same page. Yeah, cool. That's a good way to finish it off, guys. Don't set the bar too high. Don't try and make this happen overnight. 
Think long-term thinking and, and you will come out with a win if you just dedicate yourself and to the process for a long period of time. Adam, where can people go away to find out more about what you guys are doing? Because you're doing some really cool things and a lot of people in our community are raving about what you're doing. So where can people go to f- check that out? Um, so they can come to our website. It's nichewebsite.builders. There's a little chat option on there. You can speak to me or Mark directly. Or we also have got our own YouTube channel and podcast where we talk about what we do, uh, some of our ideas around the industry. We interview awesome guests such as yourself, Jared. You know, you've been on there in the past. So yeah, that's probably the, some of the best places to, to check us out. Awesome, guys. Links will be in the show notes to that. Adam, thank you so much for coming on. Everybody that's listening, thank you so much for listening. Now, guys, before we go, I want you to think of at least two to three people that are thinking about making money online, not just buying a website, but thinking about making money online. What we talked about at the end of this episode is going to be especially valuable for them, the macro thinking over micro thinking, long-term approach. And everything else that we talked about within buying websites and flipping them and growth strategies is this is such a valuable episode for a beginner or for somebody that's bought a website before. So if you're thinking about trying to buy a website or make money online, think about two or three people who want to do the same and do them a massive favor and share this podcast episode with them. So that's it for me, guys. Thanks for listening. I'll speak to you soon. Hey, YouTube watcher. If you thought that video is good, you should check out this video here on the two best types of websites beginners should buy. Or check out my playlist on how I made my first 100K from buying websites and how to do due diligence. Check it out. It's an awesome playlist. You'll enjoy it.